0: Let's pray. Father, I praise you for the opportunity that we have this morning to come before you and remember your promises. I praise you that you gave us a Savior. You gave us a Savior who would not only die for us, but who would remove our sin from us. When you evaluate us and you consider us, you see us with the righteousness of your Son. I'm thankful for that. Lord, I'm thankful for this season not because of the difficulties that it brings us, but because of what it teaches us about you and your character and your faithfulness to us. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray that as we continue on in this season, that you would give us an unwavering trust and confidence in you and your purposes in this season for us. Father, I pray for those within our body whose immune systems are more compromised. I pray for them. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen their bodies so that they could work and they could serve in their own households. Father, I pray for those who have lost work in this body. I'm thankful for each and every one of them and the service that they have been and the contributions they have made to this church, and I praise you for them. Lord, I know that you are the one who brings work. You are the one who provides the work. All work is from you. I do pray for those of us in our body who are looking for work. Lord, I pray for them, that they would know your goodness and your grace to them, They would remember your kindness and your purposes and your plans for them this day. And they would know, Lord, that these are the works that you have for them to walk in this day. I do pray for each and every one of those who are looking for work, Lord, that you would provide a way for them to provide for their own households. You provide a way for them to represent you in the workplace, for them to tell of your goodness and your grace to their families and to their neighbors and their friends. Lord, I also pray for our small groups in this church. I pray for us as we continue to meet in Zoom meetings. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless our fellowship, that you would give us the opportunity to fellowship well with one another. You would enable us to hear one another and share well together. And I really do pray that in each one of our small group meetings, that everyone who joins, Lord, would be truly blessed, that they would be built up by the others and the sharing of the others and the caring of the others. Lord, again, we thank you that you gave us your Son, you gave us a Savior. We pray all of this in his name. Amen.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Grace Bible Church. We're so glad that you could join our live stream this morning. We're thrilled to let you know that next week, May 24th, we are planning to meet on campus at Grace Bible Church. We'll be hosting two corporate worship gatherings, one at 9 a.m. and one at 1045. We're asking families whose last names begin with A through J to join us at 9 a.m., and those whose last names are K through Z to join us at 1045. This is just one of the many things that we're doing to allow us to meet together and to follow the procedures and the guidelines given to us by the CDC and by our state governments for social distancing. So if it's appropriate for you to join us, we'd love to see you there You should have received an email on Friday giving a lot of detailed instructions about how we are going to be proceeding with those services in the coming weeks. So we invite you to read that. There are also some links to this week's pastor's Q&As. We invite you to participate in those if you'd like to do that. And then just a reminder, we have three weeks left in the evaluation for Ashley Anderson being put forward as an elder. So if you've got input into his ministry, input into his character, encouragements, any concerns that you might have, we'd love to hear from you in the next three weeks before we lay hands on him to install him as an elder at Grace Bible Church. At this time, we're going to join our next generation's ministries for today's lesson.
2: Good morning, kids. We've been talking a lot about Israel over the last few weeks, and this morning we're going to continue our NGM lesson with a conversation around how God protected Israel as they fleed Egypt. And so let's get ready, get your Bibles out, and let's start talking about um, the power of God. So the last few weeks we've been talking about how Moses went to Egypt to help save the Israelites and to help save God's chosen people. So remember how God promised many things for Israel back several months ago, and that God raised up a leader. Remember when God raised up Moses and he doubted God, and yet God continued to reassure him and showed patience with him. And then um, Denny talked about how God showed all of these plagues and showed his power to Egypt to help um, save his people. And then Eric talked last week about how God delivered Israel using his power and his blood. And most importantly, all of these lessons have taught us that There is nothing that we or man can do to stop God's plan. And so when God's plan was to free Israel from Egypt, there was nothing that could happen to do that and to stop that from happening. And so today we're going to see more of that. We're going to see how God's power is worthy of our trust, and we're going to see how easy it is for us to forget about how powerful God is. And we're going to see that God is worthy of our praise, and we're going to hear some praises that Israel sang to God. And we're going to learn again that no one can stop God's plan. So as is usual, we'll be reading from the Bible quite a bit. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to Exodus. That's the part of the Bible we've been in for quite a while now. Turn to Exodus chapter 14. And I'm going to read parts of this. And you should be able to follow along pretty easily today. So as we get there, remember that Pharaoh let his people go. Pharaoh did not want to let God's people go. God brought plagues and God brought um, all sorts of things to help drive uh, Pharaoh to help him realize that he needed to let these Israelites go or that Pharaoh would end up just having terrible things for his people. And so he ended up letting uh, Israel go. And there, here we are leaving and they're traveling to Can- Canaan, which is the promised land. And they kind of took a, an indirect route away from Canaan. They decided to go a little bit out of the way because the, God didn't want them to go through the Philistines and have to deal with the Philistines. And so we meet Moses and he's leading God's people. And we're just going to start in chapter 14, verse one, and it said, then the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, tell the people of Israel to turn back, have them camp in Migdol and the Red Sea. They must camp right next to the sea, right across from Bel-Zephon. And Pharaoh will think the people of Israel are wandering around the land. They don't know which way to go. The desert is all around them. And then God said, I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn and he will chase them. But I will gain glory for myself because of what will happen to Pharaoh and his whole army. And the Egyptians will know that I am Lord. So the Israelites camped right next to the Red Sea. The king of Egypt was told that the people had gotten away. And then Pharaoh and his Israels changed their minds about them. And they said, what have we done? We've let the people of Israel go. We've lost our slaves and all the work they used to do for us. See how quickly Pharaoh forgot? He forgot about all of the things that God did with Israel and just realized, oh man, all of my slaves are gone. Now I have to do all this work for myself. What did we do? We need to figure this out. So if they saw all of God's power. They saw the frogs. They saw the locusts, they had babies die, they saw all of God's power, and yet they still forgot about how powerful the God that they were against was. How easy do you think it is for us to forget about God's power too? That's why we need to learn these stories. We need to read our Bibles. We need to remind ourselves that that God is powerful and we need to never forget about the power of God. So let's keep reading. So Pharaoh had his chariot made ready and he took his army with him he took 600 of the best chariots in egypt and he also took along all of the other chariots officers were in charge of all of them i guess he only had 600 of his best chariots and then he had the you know the other ones the the not so good ones i think if i were part of pharaoh's officers i would be like can i have one of the best ones like i want the best chariot not not these other ones that's what i'd call dibs on the best ones so the lord made the heart of pharaoh the king of Egypt, stubborn. So he chased the Israelites who were marching out boldly. See, Pharaoh knew what he was going up against, but God made him stubborn and said, "I." he made Pharaoh think that he was more powerful than God. And the Egyptians went after the Israelites and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops went after them. And they caught up with them as they camped by the sea. And as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up. They there were the Egyptians marching after them. And the Israelites were terrified and they crowd, cried out to the Lord. Isn't it funny how quickly even Israel forgot? They forgot about the power of God. God freed them from Egypt and they get to the Red Sea and immediately they forget about what God was and how God protected them up until then. They started to think, did God really do everything he said he was going to do? Is he really going to save us? I mean, remember the blood in the sea? Remember the frogs, the gnats, the boils, the locusts, the darkness? Remember when we talked about the darkness? They experienced all of that and they forgot. And all of that, they were afraid. Now they're going to be killed in the desert. Do you really think that was God's plan? God didn't say that was his plan, but Israel was afraid that God's plan was to have him go through all of this and then die in the desert. Let's read. Israel said to Moses, Why did you bring us to the desert to die? Weren't there any graves in Egypt? Couldn't we have just died in Egypt? What have you done? You brought us out of Egypt, and now we're going to die. We told you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the desert how quickly they forgot, how quickly we forget. And so Moses answered the people and he said, don't be afraid, stand firm. You will see how the Lord will save you today. Do you see those Egyptians? You will never see them again. Yahweh will fight for you. You just need to be still. I love God-centered trash talk. That is awesome. Moses is basically like, you're scared. See those Egyptians? See them right there? They're going to go away because God's going to take care of them. You just chill. Stay here. Do nothing. God will protect you. So then Yahweh, God, spoke to Moses and he said, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people of Israel to move on. Hold your wooden staff out. Reach your hand out over the Red Sea to part the water. Then the people can go through the sea on dry, dry land. Now, we don't really know exactly where in the Red Sea that they were, but we're pretty sure we do. Um, and at this point, they were sitting next to a sea that was 12 miles wide. 12 miles. That is so long. I'm trying to think of the last time I walked 12 miles. Disneyland. I went to Disneyland all day and I walked about 12 miles. 12 miles is a long ways. And Moses raised his staff and turned to the Red Sea and God parted the Red Sea. Let's look. So he said, reach out your your hand out over the Red Sea and I will part the waters and then the people can go through the sea on dry ground. I will make the hearts of the Egyptians stubborn and they will go after you and I will gain glory for myself because of what will happen to Pharaoh, his whole army, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians will know that I am Lord, and I will gain glory because of what will happen to all of them. Can you imagine that? That this giant sea, this huge body of water that's wider than you can probably even see, opens up, and there's dry land for you to just walk across. And then you've got these huge pillars of water on either side, so that just holding back, so that God can save you. And so. The angel of the Lord had been traveling in front of Israel's army. Remember, there was the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, and the angel of the Lord was with them. And he moved back and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud also moved away from in front of them, and it stood behind them. And it came between the armies of Egypt and Israel. All through the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other. So neither army went near the other all night long. So God basically made a wall of darkness so that all of Egypt couldn't see anything. And Israel could see everything they needed to be able to escape during the night. What a cool thing that God did for them. So then Moses reached out his hand over the Red Sea. And all that night, the Lord pushed the sea back with a strong east wind. He turned the sea into dry land and the waters parted the people of Israel went through the sea on dry ground and there was a wall of water on the right side and on their left. So think about that. They went all night long. So they walked all night. Like I said, I went to Disneyland all day long and walked 12 miles. That's what they had to do all night long and walk through this like opening in the water so that they could escape from Egypt. And they basically got a head start there because God had put the darkness on Egypt so they didn't know what was going on and gave them light to guide them. And so most people think it took Israel about six hours to cross that sea. Think about that. Think about how big that water is that it took them six hours to walk across. But this didn't stop Egypt. God said that Egypt was going to see his power. And so he didn't keep them in the dark forever. And so then the Egyptians chased them and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, the best ones and those other ones, they followed him, them into the sea. And near the end of the night, Yahweh looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he saw the Egyptian army, and he threw it into a panic. He kept their chariots' wheels from turning freely, and that made the chariots really hard to drive. So even the best chariots broke down because God was more powerful than not just the other chariots, but the best ones. The Egyptian says, let's get away from the Israelites. Yahweh is fighting for Israel against Egypt. I'm, I'm shocked they didn't see that coming. Like, how did they not see that coming? Yahweh had sent all of those plagues because he was fighting for Israel against Egypt. And Egypt's like, oh, maybe Yahweh forgot about him. Yahweh doesn't forget. Yahweh has a plan. Um, Then Yahweh spoke to Moses and he said, reach your hand out over the sea. The waters will flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. And so Moses reached his hand out over the sea. At sunrise, the sea went back to its place And the Egyptians tried to run away from the sea, but the Lord swept them into it. And the water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen. It covered the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the people of Israel into the sea. Not one of the Egyptians was left. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. There was a wall of water on their right and on their left. And that day the Lord saved Israel from the power of Egypt. Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord and show, the great power of the Lord showed against the Egyptians. So they had respect for the Lord and they put their trust in him and in his servant Moses. So remember they doubted, they said, when the world we're out here, we're in front of this huge ocean, the sea that's going to, that's 12 miles apart, that we have no way of getting across. It's not like they had boats. They see an army behind them. They're like, What do we do? And they forgot that God is more powerful than anything. He's more powerful than the sea. He's more powerful than Egypt. He's more powerful than anything. And they forgot that. And then God showed them their power. He showed them his power by parting the sea and saving them. So, what did we learn? We learned that God always has a plan. He wasn't, not only was he not surprised by Egypt coming, it was his plan for Egypt to come. God always has a plan and no one can stop it. And God is more powerful than anything on earth. Think about it. Have you ever been in the ocean and you feel one little wave push you over? And that's kind of a big deal. Well, imagine parting a 12 miles wide sea and how much power is in that. And God is more powerful than anything. And God will show his power so that he can be praised. And we'll talk about that in just a second because Israel praised God. Like Israel's response to being saved was to immediately sing songs of praise to God. Can you imagine how excited they were? With as fearful and terrified as they were just probably six or eight hours ago, now they're just praising God for how he saved them from Egypt and protected them they saw a 12 mile wide sea part and their enemies were thrown into it. And so as I finish our lesson today, I want you to remember that God is powerful and he can do anything. He can change your heart and make you love him, which is the most powerful thing he can do. And um, and then he can change, do anything he wants to do. And he saved Israel and he can save his people um, even today. And so let's read some of the praises that um, Israel sang to God. And so that's all of chapter 15, but I'm just going to read some of chapter 15, or that's the beginning of chapter 15. So here we go. Chapter 15, verse one. Here is the song that Moses and the people of Israel sang to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord. He is greatly honored. He has thrown Pharaoh's horses and their riders into the Red Sea. The Lord gives me strength. I sing about him. He has saved me. He is my God and I will praise him. He is my father's God and I will honor him. The Lord goes into battle. The Lord is his name. He has thrown Pharaoh's chariots and army into the Red Sea. Pharaoh's best officers drowned in the sea. The deep waters covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. The Lord, your right hand was majestic and powerful. The Lord, your right hand destroyed your enemies. Because of your great majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. In verse 13 it says, Because you lo- your love is faithful, you will lead the people you have set free. Because you are strong, you will guide them to the holy place where you live. The Lord will rule forever and ever.